0: Welcome to girls. Do you want it to... Because, I mean, I don't mind you being like, Welcome to Fangirls. <laughs> That's going to be it. That's like, <laughs> and
1: then being like, Welcome to Fangirls. Hello, and welcome to Fangirls. girls, A breath of fresh <laughs> air. The podcast where we talk about fans. Girls. <laughs> girls.
0: <laughs> Beyonce. <laughs> Hilary Duff. Yes, Hilary Duff! Teenagers. Yes, teenagers. Fandom. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Works Whoops. of art. Literature. And
1: ice cream. Oh, should we introduce ourselves? Should
0: we do an introduction yeah. now? it's yeah. real Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Do you, can, can, do you want to introduce me and I introduce you? Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Who goes first? Where do I
1: start? Um, I can introduce you. Actually, I can introduce you through, like, the way that we met, maybe. Okay. Um, Anna is a person. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I first heard of them through Ioma Day actually. Shout out to Ayo. Um, because Anna was making videos with their friend Zoe on the channel The Two English Girls, I think. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, it's changed its name. It was a terrible name. I'm sorry.
1: Well, it was fine for the time. Um, And they both used to make videos about, like, books and just, like, talking to each other in kind of an old school YouTube friendship way. But, I mean, they also knew each other offline. And uh, so I got into their videos that way. And then at one point, I think they were doing Letters to July after Emily Diana Ruth's... um, project or Emily of New Gloom's project where she would just write a letter to July or like a video diary letter to July every day of the month. Dear July, you are here much sooner than expected. The weather here doesn't change as much as it does at
0: home so you are quite the surprise. But nevertheless, welcome. I look forward to your warm days, donning summer dresses and wearing
1: bright nail polish, summer parties and Sheets drying on the line and windows left open. And I got a bunch of just cool internet people to do one for different days of July. And that was when I first, like, I think personally came into contact with Anna and we, like, wrote emails back and forth.
0: Yeah. And that was a miracle. That was really nice. It actually makes me realize how, like, emailing is really helpful for internet friendships. Like, I feel like people are like, email is dead, long live Twitter. But email and Twitter are really helpful. Um, yeah, so that's how we met. I mean, I remember watching your uh, ugly, like, what was it called? Like, on being ugly video, which uh, it's probably going to be on your gravestone because you're so, like, popular from it. Um, on dying ugly. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> and so I watched that and, like, not with any kind of real connection or idea about, like, who you are. And then I followed you via, like, I was subscribed to you, but I never really engaged with your videos. And then when I saw your comments, I was like, oh, this is this cool person. Um, and then, yeah, you. I really enjoyed your video for Letters to July. Like, it was about coming home and school and, like, being familiar with the landscape and, yeah, it was nice. I would recommend you watch it. Thank you, I will. Also, Cara is great because she came on and did a um, study abroad in Wales, and that's how like we first met properly, properly, like in person. And yeah, I basically went to spend like three days with someone I'd never ever met before, except from on the internet, in Wales, which is quite a long time away from where I actually live. Um, but, you know, it was a good decision. It went really well.
1: Yeah. It was was one of those moments, like, I was standing at the train platform, I was like, pretty sure I'm going to recognize them, but, like, I don't know, let's see. And then you just, like, hopped off with your backpack, and it was fine. No, it is interesting. Oh, and back, I wanted to say, back to the email thing, I've been reading recently a lot of um, Durga Chubos' writing. Oh, yeah? And her tweets and stuff, she's amazing. Um, And she was writing somewhere about the way that emails are, like, the way that she keeps up a lot of her friendships because either because they're busy or they're traveling or whatever all these fancy writers in New York whatever um and they like keep up pen pal friendships with people and I think that's really cool because um I just really like the idea of pen pals and also that connection which is like in some ways it's very internet and in some ways it's very letters and old school because there's not the immediate response of like Twitter, although I'm not very good at immediate response, so there is something that's kind of cool about, especially being in different time zones, having a note from someone else when you're waking up and they've just gone to bed or something like that.
0: It's actually also why I really enjoy email newsletters, like um, they really help me to bring myself out of myself. Like, a lot of the time, because I do spend a lot of time on the internet, and, like, that's great. But it's also really helpful to have, like, nudges from other people with their thoughts or whatever is going on for them. Yeah, I really enjoy that. We should do a whole, um, podcast of, like, recommendations for newsletters and, like... I'd be into that. That would be rad. That would be good. But we... So, basically, uh... Should I like? Because I feel like we haven't given like any actual details no, of we who haven't. we are. Oh yeah, we were supposed to say like this is Anna. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just too hard for both of us. Like you could introduce to do each other. Yeah, because it's like okay, this is Cara. Cara says hi. Okay, do you want to introduce yourself? Okay. Um, hello, my name is Anna. My pronouns are they/them. Um, I am currently studying English literature at a university. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I sometimes live in London. Uh and I my favorite One Direction member is Harry Styles. Um I think those are the most important parts about me. <laughs> also you are working on making Oh yeah, girl I forgot con about GirlCon!
1: <laughs> we were trying so hard not to make it all about GirlCon that we just like didn't yeah.
0: mention it. Yeah. But I couldn't do it without. But I'm dumb. I'm
1: Kara. I use she, her pronouns mostly. They, them is fine too. Um, I live on the west coast of Canada, except for last year when I was doing study abroad in Wales, which is how I got to see Anna in the flesh. It's just like in person, (laughs) not in the flesh. (laughs) Um, I study English literature and creative writing at university. I finished four years of my degree uh, and I have a fifth one to go, so that's exciting. So much knowledge, so much time. Um, me and Anna obviously both like books and yes. writing and words and the representation of like woman and queerness in writing, and that's all stuff that we kind of want to cover in the podcast. <laughs> and it's just making a lot of like eyebrow movements
0: that suggest, like, yes, I am very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um yeah. <laughs> yep. Um oh yeah, but
1: we should maybe talk a bit about like also what we wanted to do aside from just like talking about fangirl things. Uh do you want to mention your um your radio show a little bit?
0: Oh yeah, sure. Um so because so one of the things you can do at my university is they have like a radio station. Um And so for a while, I actually haven't booked back on yet for this term, but maybe I will next year. Um, I was doing a show called Fangirl Feels, um, which had a similar, like, ethos, I think, to any podcast we would produce. And this is, it, it was, like, focusing on the music enjoyed by fangirls, like, talking about fangirls in relation to, like, feminist activism then also like interviewing people and talking about self-care um yeah I did like a whole uh episode on anger which I found really helpful um and kind of like to showcase all the women writing brilliant songs about being angry and about like suffering but also surviving and yeah it was really great I really wanted to get Kara on at one point but like it just I don't think it would work timing wise um but yeah yeah now we have a podcast.
1: Bah, bah, bah. I <laughs> oh, that time it was like a baby trying to sound like a frog or something. Maybe not a frog. Um, I was going to mention something. Oh, yeah, we can put the link to Anna's um, radio show somewhere that is accessible because you can still listen to past episodes or things online, and that's really great. Um, it's nice because I get to listen to them, even though, I don't know what the time zones are when they're actually recorded. Um, what was the other thing that I wanted to say? There was another thing. Oh yeah, um, part of what we were hoping to do, aside from like discussing fan culture and like actual books and movies and music and stuff, was interviewing different young people, both young women, young girls, and um, non-binary folk, and talking about just like the creative work that they're doing and the ways that they fangirl over stuff, the ways that they process the world, and magic, and life, and all of that stuff. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, as we have established, <laughs> but a lot of them deal with like slightly older people, if not much older. And one of the, ones, one of the podcasts that um, I've really loved, although I haven't been listening to it lately at all, is called The JV Club and it's a woman who's in her 30s or 40s, and she talks to other people from around the same age, but they can kind of be any age. Um, But she talks to them about their teen years specifically and, like, what it was like for them to be teenagers, which is really fun to hear, like, about people who are teenagers in the 80s or whatever. But also I just, like, have been feeling like I really want to hear about people who are young right now Um, because there's so much amazing stuff out there and we've connected to a lot of really cool people through girlcon through youtube and everything i want them to be like heard and shared more
0: Solid. okay but i do really want to talk about like our first fangirl stories yeah let's do it <laughs> and, like cuz i i think it's funny and like people can share their stories with us maybe as well
1: we have so many probably like i was trying i don't even know where my fangirl Life begins.
0: Yeah. Pretty early. Pretty early. Well, my favourite story at the moment about my fangirling is, I've already told you this book, um, it's about how I went to LeakyCon, and in the shop that was, like, near the convention centre, um, I was with my friend and um, Hannah Hart, who's a YouTuber, uh, and her friend Megan Tonjas Tongess? Tongess was there, and they were, like, ordering food, like, regular, cool people, and my friend started talking to Megan Tonjes, because she loved her, and I loved Anna Hart, and I just stood next to her, like, please say something, Anna, please, (laughs) instead, I just, like, looked at her, was really confused, because she's very short in person, and, and, like, spent the whole time wishing the encounter would end, and, like, they would leave, slash, that I would, actually have the courage to say something rather than just, like, watching her pick cookies to eat. In silent agony. In silent agony. (laughs) As the fangirl does. Like, I feel like she probably didn't realise any of the (laughs) emotional (laughs) distress I was going through because I was just
1: standing there like... (laughs) Can you imagine being, like, a celebrity and you constantly are surrounded by people who are, like, in silent (laughs) pain? If you, like, look at someone and they have a weird expression on their face, it's like, oh, they just really want to talk to me, but they can't.
0: <laughs> but the thing is, also, because, like, I spend my whole life in emotional pain about not being able to talk. So it's just, like, another one of those moments It's just Hannah Hart happened to be present. <laughs> that must be a
1: very strange life
0: yeah oh man she i really don't think she had any idea (laughs) about how much i was like (laughs) i just remembered this is a podcast and people can't see my face (laughs)
1: but i would describe your face anna is replicating the image of (laughs) edward munch's scream is his name edward munch Uh,
0: yeah edward 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 munch
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: Don't say that with beat. that's not a German accent. So, yeah, anyway, oh that's one gosh. of my great fangirl stories. Um,
1: I guess my fangirl story, and I'm trying to think, I think it was probably, like, the first big person I ever met was when I was 13 or 14 and after much forcing and powerpoint presentations i convinced my parents over spring break to drive south to washington state where they were filming the very first twilight movie and um it was like it was a big deal it was really funny at the time because uh twilight was a big thing in some ways but also it wasn't like people still went on message boards back then and forums and like that's how i found out where all the filming locations were Um, and so we were outside of a high school just kind of like standing around with a couple other teenage girls and someone's mom and (laughs) and um What's his name? Robert Pattinson kept walking by Uh, Robert Pattinson kept walking by and it's like, I don't know I didn't even have a thing for Robert Pattinson when he was in Harry Potter I don't know that I really cared that much about him, but I guess part of me really did. So <laughs> some the other girl's mom who was there was like, oh my God, there he is. He's walking to the set. Go, go. And everyone started sprinting. So I think I sprinted like right to near him. And then I like actually realized that I was close to him and that he was a human being. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's okay. I don't, I don't have to talk to him. It's fine. I don't want to get a picture. Um, But this random mom was like, no, you got all this way. You've been waiting. This is your time. So now I have these pictures of me as a really awkward and gawky 14-year-old with, like, long hair and, like, a bumpy face and this banana yellow rain jacket standing next to Robert Pattinson, who's looking like a smoky, like, husky-voiced vampire. And that is the miraculous (laughs) moment. of me meeting Robert Pattinson it was kind of traumatic like afterwards I mean not that it that part was traumatic but just like being so close to someone who was supposed to be like really special and then just being like totally thrown against your own inadequacy <laughs> in every <laughs> single way like it's so much easier to love someone from afar and just like feel like you would have a connection versus when you're standing next to someone you're like
0: Mm. Yeah. I feel like um first of all we should definitely like tweet that picture of you with Robert oh Pattinson gosh. so people can see it. We're gonna make that if, the new if you consent.
1: Yeah, what's the new background on our Twitter page? <laughs> the greatest thing about that photo is that like I cropped myself out of it and like put it on a bunch of Twilight forums and like I wrote up this long report about like meeting Robert Pattinson but I was like, don't look at me, just look at him. Look, he looks so nice. <laughs> Which is so sad.
0: Aww. I mean, like, I was the type of... Particularly to start with, I was the type of fangirl who would just, like, collect things in their room and not, like... I never really... So, like, for example, with Harry Potter, I had, like, this folder where I would, like, print out all of this information and, like, write diaries pretending to be in Harry Potter and, like, collect just, like, all of the things. And so not... It didn't, like necessarily translate into, like, going to places and meeting people, which I think is partially because I was, like, really anxious, but I didn't know it then, (laughs) but also because, like, it just wasn't the way I, like, thought about the things I liked until, um, like, YouTube, actually, because, like, people are much more, like, Because it's a different medium, I feel like. Like, because it wasn't a book. The only other thing that I always used to find really hard is, like, when I'd go to book signings and I'd be like, I love your work, but I don't know what to say. And so, like, I'd get my mum to be like, Anna says she likes your work. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so embarrassing. (laughs)
1: That's
0: so cute, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, but I feel like at least you were in London. It's really funny that, like, you weren't super into that because maybe also, I mean, this isn't fair. You're not that much younger than me. But I would, like, agonize every single time a Harry Potter movie came out. I was like, I'm not at the premiere. And I was like, no, Kara, because you're from a tiny town on the west coast of Canada. You're not in New York or London. But I really, like, expected myself to be there. So every time I didn't make it there, I was like, this isn't fair.
0: <laughs> this isn't right. But then, like, Even growing up in London, like, I only went to Premiere, Premiere, whatever, I don't know, the English stressing. (laughs) Premiere! For the seventh part one, I went to the Premiere, but, like, not actually went to it, because obviously I wasn't invited. But, like, that was the only experience I had with, like, going to those massive events, because they are still incredibly, like, even if you're in the same city, like, you're not Part of it in a way. And, like, there was no way to get to see people, really. Like, you could see... At least, because I arrived, like, not four days before it started. But, like, you could see the screen just about. But other than that, like, you couldn't see anyone. Um Also, I have a question. And I I was thinking maybe we could talk a bit about, like... The most spiritual moment for our fangirlingness, Like, rather than, like, the most cringy. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I did... Oh, yeah, I do have an answer to this, and it is, like, super cliché, but also super relevant to the current popular culture landscape.
1: Wow. Yeah, sure, connect it in. What do you (laughs) got? What do you got?
0: Okay, okay, so picture this. Um, It's the Mrs. Carter Show World Tour 2014. I'm picturing oh, right. it. I'm so excited. I'm also like, what? Did you see Beyonce? I don't remember this. Yeah, yeah. Did you not realize I saw Beyonce? Anyway, Maybe I I've did. Got and the i the ticket forgot. Like, right in front of me so I can tell you exactly where I sat if you'd like to know. Please, what, where did you sit? Entrance B, block 406, row H, seat 580. Wow. I have such a better picture now. <laughs> Well, for 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 an actual picture like I was really far away. So like I was right up the place the it was um like the O2 arena and so they go really high um the seats and I was like pretty much at the top um but on like the left to the left of the stage so not like straight on. Um and uh basically I went by myself. Partially because, like, I couldn't get a second ticket because they all sold out so fast. But also because, like, I didn't need to go with anyone else because I, I joked that, like, I was going with Beyonce. <laughs> um, and and then, like, I just had this moment of, like, almost like bliss just seeing her perform. And I feel like it would be maybe even more intense with her new album, Lemonade. <laughs> but um, it was just after Beyonce the self-titled album had dropped so I saw her perform like Blow and um, Partition and like I just remember feeling like so amazed and like kind of blessed that she would share herself and her work with us and like I, I was like next to this um, the barrier because it was so like steep <laughs> um, and I would just have this really intense memory of like holding on to the barrier like standing up and singing along and just being like Wow, like to be present here is really cool. So yeah.
1: that's super amazing that's oh man i'm just like reveling in that for a second because i remember when i was coming to study abroad i think like a few weeks or one week before or after I was flying into London, Beyonce was in Paris, and I'm like, it would be a very fancy thing for me to be like, I'm flying to Paris to see Beyonce. But that's probably not like the way that I should start out my year. And my parents also don't really understand Beyonce, so they would be like, what are you doing with your life?
0: I mean, it would have been amazing, because Paris is where she performed with Nicki Minaj, isn't it? Like, Yeah, yeah, I found that
1: out the day after it was all (laughs) over the internet. (laughs) I'm still hurting. No, I'm okay. But,
0: um... Maybe... I don't know when... No, okay, we'll talk about this not on the podcast. It's not relevant.
1: (laughs) It's definitely relevant. Everybody, Girl Con is now taking place at Beyonce (laughs) concerts. We're just going to follow her around.
0: Yeah, wow. That would be amazing. Ayo sent in a question, which is favourite song from Lemonade. But you can answer your most spiritual moment first. Okay. If you so wish. Um... I mean, okay, also, before before you do, sorry to be a poop, but um, I would also, I mean, like, the actual fact that GirlCon happened was, like, a fangirl spiritual moment, too, but, like, I don't want to get too full on with all of that nabby-pamby feeling That's shit. True.
1: So. Gross feelings. We hate them. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think probably my most, like, spiritual, like, transcendent fan moment would be something at LeakyCon... Um, Portland. I went to LeakyCon, which, I mean, we already mentioned it. If you don't know, it's a Harry Potter conference convention thing. Um, This, I think, so I went by myself on the bus to get there when I was 18 or 19 or something. So, I mean, it's hard for me maybe to pick out a specific moment, but basically, like, I took the bus all the way down there, and from where I live to Portland, Oregon, it's like, 12-hour bus ride or something from Vancouver. Anyway, it's quite a distance, um, but I was doing it all by myself. And as I got to, like, even before I got on the bus, I met a bunch of, I met two other people going to LeakyCon and then two more um, who were really rad. And one of them is Danica, who makes videos on YouTube. And, like, that was the really cool thing, that I could, like, meet someone from my home place who was also into Harry Potter and the same stuff. Um, and that was just like a very good omen and then uh, there was something just like I just felt like freed all through that LeakyCon because the one before I had been there with my dad because I was still kind of young and like needed a chaperone and I was just kind of like awkwardly m- m- bumbling along sometimes and I was still like that at this con because that's kind of like my signature move <laughs> um, but there were some moments where I just felt like I could just, like, talk to anyone or just, like, admire anyone's costume or just be, like, really excited about everything. And I was surrounded by people who were exactly the same. And that was pretty magical. Um, it's also um, tying this into podcasts. Uh, did you listen to Pottercast growing up?
0: Uh, some of it. Like, I was quite late to it all. So, but, yeah. For
1: the historical record, uh, Pottercast was a Harry Potter podcast that began in, in, I think, like 2006. And that was, like, the moment that I discovered the internet and, like, the way through which I really got into fandom. So um, I listened to that, like, pretty obsessively for years. And uh, so it was at that Lehicon that I met the the hosts of it, who are Melissa Nelly and John Noe and Frack. Um, I also really loved Sue. She was, like, the Hufflepuff of the show, but she had left by yeah. that point. I was so sad. Like, I sobbed when she left the podcast, which began the long tradition of be- me being, like, way too emotionally invested in podcasts. <laughs> like, Kara, calm down. But, um... Come-
0: I'm like Cara loves podcasts. <laughs> I'm realizing it's very this important now. The people know Cara <laughs> loves podcasts.
1: It's so true. Like when I think of it, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a person who likes podcasts. But it's like, no. When you were ten years old, you used to listen to podcasts and burn them onto CDs so that I could listen to them on my discman.
0: Really? That oh is my the God. kind of kid I was because I didn't have an iPod yet. <laughs> I feel like um, I did the same thing in terms of like not coming to not coming to realise how much of a fan of a thing you are until you realise that you've been a fan of that thing for a very long time. Like, I did this with musicals and it was actually a comment from you that made me realise how much I... I am, like, I am a musical fan. Like, I just am. Because you were like, every time I see you, you're listening to a new musical. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait a second. Right, that means I like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe. I mean. Oh, yeah, because you used to have, like, I would come over, when I came over mm-hmm. to London, in your kitchen, you'd have, like, Dream Girls or, I'm trying to think, high school music. Because Yeah, we listen
0: to a lot da. of Dreamgirls. Yeah, and oh, I remember playing, like, the, um... The dream, no, what was it called? Into the woods. The soundtrack for that with you. Yeah, into the
1: woods. That was stuck in my head for months. Into the woods. Into the the grandmother's house. In the in the movie, she has such an obnoxious voice, like it's the most American. Yeah, the grandmother's house. (laughs) The other th- oh, the other thing. Maybe this should be for like a whole other episode. But the mo- the time that I met Robert Pattinson, it was actually really interesting because it's in- well, it's interesting for me to look back now because at the time um, I was a pretty young teen, but I'm also only like three or four, maybe three years younger than Kristen Stewart. So I was like thirteen or fourteen. She was like seventeen and getting all of this media attention Mm -hmm. and like the fans Mm -hmm. a lot of the fans were really turning on her they were like oh she's really stuck up like she just doesn't want to talk to people and at the time I was like oh okay like oh that's she sounds like not a great person um and I remember when I was there at the set um instead of like walking from her trailer to the the set she would have someone drive her for like it's like 100 meters or something. It's not very far. Um, but at the time, I was like, oh, what's she doing? And now, looking back, I'm like, she was a 17-year-old girl. And everyone was attacking her for being in a massive franchise, which wasn't even released yet. And, like, I just get really emotional and, like, so defensive about Kristen Stewart looking back. And, um, but I think it says a lot about the way that fandom can work sometimes. Where, mm-hmm. like, male stars are going to be, like, just lauded and, like, glorified in a way that is a lot more safe for them than it is for female stars. And, like, that can really mess up the dynamics of a fandom and, like, who gets to be seen as, like, the good one.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm always going to be supportive of fandoms because I think it's really important to not just immediately suggest that, like, any gathering of teens, particularly teen girls, is just immediately going to be bad. But, like, there is... I think because, like, you know, when you're 13, you don't... You're not necessarily entirely aware of, like, internalised misogyny, so it's super easy to get caught up in the appreciation of, like, male figures. Yeah. I think I think Kristen Stewart is a really great example of um, somebody who, like, we're both younger than her, and I definitely grew up not liking her, and have now turned around and been like, oh, hang on. <laughs> like, she's actually really great, and she was mistreated a lot, like, she turned 17 on set, like, she was so young, um, and if I was in her position, I, I I mean, I probably just couldn't handle it, like, there's just too much, too much exposure, 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 Mm -hmm. and criticism, and, like, all of the, yeah, all of the back talk that she got, just, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's strange. It's like, it's a very interesting position to be a teenage girl and also be in the public eye like that. And I think a lot of, I mean, like most celebrities who are young deal with that. But also I remember at the time there were like, because there was a group called the Twilight Moms, which like, they got a lot of flack for being like, moms who like this teen book, but whatever. I think it was great that they bonded over something. But there, were like fan, there was fan fiction being written about real-life Kristen Stewart with Robert Pattinson, which like now really freaks me out because she was a minor and just like yeah. a kid. And, but anyway, there's a lot of interesting things in fan culture. Like Obviously, we are ginormous fans, and mm-hmm. we want to elevate everything that is like denigrated about how teenage girls show their affection and their love and their passion for things. At the same time, there can be like a lot of intricacies and complex dynamics,
0: In fan culture. Yeah, and, like, the ethics of... I think the ethics of shipping is really interesting, but it's also, like, potentially very contentious or, like, controversial, because it's often of, yeah, teens or, like, younger people... Um, the other thing I think is really interesting, and I think this is also because uh, the whole culture of, like, protect young girls, which I feel like developed a lot on Tumblr, wasn't necessarily around in the same way, is to look at, like, the difference between how Kristen Stewart was treated and how Lord is, is treated. And obviously, like, they're not necessarily entirely comparable, but the way that people gather around Lord and support her work... And also her, like, weirdness and her standoffish behaviour now is, like, much... I mean, I think it's much better than, like, the way we treated Kristen Stewart. Because, you know, I remember, like, people making jokes about how, like, oh, she didn't smile and, like, all of that stuff. And I think if... Yeah, I think it's just, like, we are now a bit more aware of that, like, as a community and a group.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, I'm trying to even think, but just... And also, like, for whatever things people have about Rookie Mag, like, I remember when Amandla Stenberg from The Hunger Games and whatever now, everything now, I think when Amandla first, it was, I think it was maybe just after The Hunger Games came out that Amandla wrote to Rookie or they did an interview with them or something where they were just like, oh, I'm just a little kid, I'm so excited about, like, discovering feminism and Rookie's, like, helped me so much. And I think, like, for whatever things you have about Rookie, there is a way that it has really just made acceptance and support for teenage girls th- the norm. Mm. And, like, you can see that with Lord and with other people, which, I mean, doesn't mean that everyone accepts them that way. But, like, no. it's more, like, get with it already.
0: Yeah, and I also feel like it's, like, more about people, with, people, who, people within the communities that are also reflected in the people that they are fangirling over. That's where it's really important. And that's, I think, what Ricky has helped to encourage. Like, basically, creating a fandom for teen girls. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which I am a massive part of. I know I'm not a teen anymore, but... I
1: know. Oh, man. That's another thing, is, like, how fangirling carries on to your non-teen life. My relationship has definitely changed. Like, I I idolise celebrities and a lot of people a lot less now that being said like i still really like some celebrities and like i'll get into them as like an idea or like as the things that they make in the career but it's a much more removed in some ways or just like balanced differently than it would have been 5 years ago
0: yeah i was going to say something but i can't remember what it was oh yeah no we should can we talk about lemonade just for a short yeah. while oh yeah
1: uh IO asked us, so it's required. It's required
0: <laughs> um, what our, f- our favourite song on Lemonade is. Do you have a favourite song? Do you know what it is? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think I really love Sorry. I think I, I love the vig- visuals for Hold Up. Um, and I also really enjoy Six Inches. Six Inch? I think it's six inch. Um, yes, if I keep going, I will just list the entire <laughs> And album. I also really enjoy, um, and also, um, oh, but before, also, um, there's this, is, I'll try and find you a link, but like basically, you can, um, somebody match up horoscopes to Beyonce songs, like on Lemonade, and my one, I'm a Capricorn, and my one is, um, Fuck, it's either freedom or forward. I I always get them confused. Hang on. Sips and chills. You won't. I did have freedom stuck in my
1: head yesterday. I was like,
0: freedom, freedom. I can't lose. Freedom. And my song, I'm a Capricorn, and it's forward. And it's really sad because at the end it says, this song appears a little more than midway through the album, reflecting how far... Bay. I never know how to pronounce that when they write it like that. B, Bay and J still have to go before resolutions. Resolution and caps are never through with the hard work they create for themselves. Wow. (laughs) Like, wow, okay then. Um.
1: So, there you go. I have to find mine which is Libra. Oh, okay. My song says, is Pray You Catch Me? A sign known for its smooth talk. Wow. (laughs) Um. Mm -hmm -hmm -hmm. She sounds wistful, even ethereal, as she tells him that his infidelity has never been hidden from her Lovely Libra knows how to charm, but behind your dimples and sweet personality, you're a fighter The Astro Twins write As the opening track, this is Beyonce getting ready for that fight Sure, she's sweet now, but just wait (laughs) Um, okay, sure That might be accurate, no, I don't know Wait for it, wait for it. Um, maybe that's me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like that song in like the visual album. And I think someone else has mentioned this, well, probably several people, which is that so- in some ways I lo- like the visual album more than just the songs on their own. Oh, yeah. Which, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. is probably fair because it, the visual part is so rich and full of things that it's like, how could you not love it? Um, I think my favorite song is either Hold Up or Sorry. Uh, I really, really love the part in Hold Up, which you know, uh, where she just does like kind of speak singing or like the like, um, I'm not even going to try to replicate it <laughs> because I also forget how it goes right now. But let's imagine for a moment that you never made a name for yourself a master what they had you labeled as a king. Never made it out the case to like that moving
0: in them streets. Never had the baddest woman in the game up in your sheet. Would they be down to right now? they used to hide from you lie to you
1: but y'all know we were made for each other so i find you and hold you down Missing because i think some of the things that she does with her voice are super cool in this album like she really plays with making it gravelly and deeper in some mm-hmm. places and it for me that just seems like a way that she's like f- experimenting but also like playing with the ways that she can express herself and anger and like I don't know. It's it's really cool. Like she doesn't try to sound smooth all the time. Yeah. And there's also yeah. one song, I forget which it is, where her voice is like kind of breaking, but it's in like a really intense way.
0: Yeah, like um i have two responses the first is it's a bit like at the very beginning of six inch where she starts singing like it's super low but also like super earthy i think and then also i was reading um feminista jones's tweets about it and how she was just basically saying like the brilliant part is the fact that this is like basically an ode to her anger and like she's not hiding that in either like the visuals the actual lyrics or even like the way she is singing them um which i thought was really cool and like i'm always here for angry women like (laughs) love it
1: yeah as we discussed yesterday there's something about women in pain and also women expressing anger that like are our constant just guidelines and things in life yeah Uh, we will flock to it Um, I should maybe mention that we're both
0: white. Um, Maybe, like, we are both white, so as much as we can relate to some of the album content, like, it's explicitly about, like, blackness and also black womanhood. And there's a lot of really wonderful writing on that, which I would, like, recommend you read. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yes.
1: Yeah, intersectionality is also something that we're super... I was going to say super into. That sounds totally trivializing. We believe it is very important to the future of humanity. Um, and post-humanity, possibly. Um, when frogs shall take over the world. <laughs> there are some really interesting things to talk about. That's all. <laughs> what else? Do you want to end? Like, do you- I don't know. Should we introduce the next episode at all? Should I talk about...
0: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, uh, the
1: first person that we're going to interview for the podcast, or maybe just me because of scheduling things, is Sadie, a.k.a. Defense360 on YouTube, who makes short films and like video collages that are really magical and amazing and deal with like memory and recording your experiences and being a teenager, and they're magical, and I'm really excited to talk to Sadie. She's a really, really cool person, and I feel like she will have a lot of amazing things to say that will also be very inspiring because I am consistently inspired by, like, everything she does. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll have that interview up at some point. And then after that, if you want to recommend people who are, like, making cool creative things uh, that you think would be worth talking about, like, let us know.
0: We're going to try and get a Madler to come and talk to us. Yeah. And we also would really like to invite Heaven, who's one of the presenters on um, a BuzzFeed podcast called Another Round, which um, I'm not a podcast person, but I listen to Another Round. Like, it's great. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Um, We basically, yeah, we have a list of like star guests, but also um, part of our goal and hope is that like we will talk to people who aren't like super famous. Which, I mean, obviously is how we're going to go because we don't know people who are super famous. <laughs> but also just because it's really nice to, like, I think, appreciate and really delve into the work of people who are just, even if they're just, like, posting their things on Tumblr. Yeah. Um, like, I don't want to say just as a way of, like, it's not important, but it's often seen as not, like, as important as other forms of... Yeah. Expression? Good. Thank you for listening. Do we have like a tip or like a thing that we want to share with anyone?
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh! A quote. It would be cool if we had a quote. But yeah. I, don't know if I do. Have Should a we quote? quote like Beyonce? Is oh, or we could. Qu- Cora, Cora says, so well, well, cough. <laughs> that was a tweet. Thank you, Cora. Um, do you wanna do you wanna do like a Kanye West tweet of the day? I mean because his Twitter is so hilarious I am like actually I super have
1: I, I really love Kanye's Twitter in like a not trivializing way I think it's it's like mostly him just like sorting things out and being like wait a second all that matters is that people
0: care I'm like yes yeah. Kanye Yeah. listen I think this is the best place to end it are you ready hmm. Kanye tweet from March 30th and I love you like Kanye loves Kanye true and Kanye loves Kanye that he's just quoting the lyrics from one of yeah, his songs and he's like it's from when he was like what if Kanye made a song about Kanye called I miss the old
1: Kanye I think it's so interesting though because I can't remember if I read something about that and someone was like he has such arrogance to rhyme his name with his name 38 times and I was like do you not see that he's like making a joke about how he <laughs> talks about it like I don't know he, that was him being like I don't know, yeah. having fun and messing around, I think. And people are like, he rhymed his name with himself. He's so self-centred. It's like, no, let
0: it go. Hmm. I know, like, ugh, people people just don't know how to deal with him, like. Because they don't, um, like, they, they seriously think he's serious all the time. Which, like, no person is ever. And then also it means that they, like, they willfully misrepresent him as, like, this total airhead who's just, like... Super self centered. Anyway, this isn't an ab- a balcony.
1: Kanye <laughs> cast coming up next. Thanks for listening. We love you. Take
0: care. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, I'm gonna stop recording now, yeah? Goddamn, you see I we hit him with a new step. No that motherfucker will. What you gonna do now? Whatever I wanna do. Gosh, it's cool now. I'm gonna do. new now. Think you motherfucker really, really need a cool laugh.